Welcome back to Shit Talk Fridays. I'm Gina. And I'm Evo. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday, peoples. On some real talk, this episode took us quite a bit to film and record because I was feeling fucked all day. I mean, I think that's just life, you know. I can't, you know, I, I can't imagine that other people who have shows or podcasts or even like network shows don't go through shit like this. Well, damn, I mean, it re- it really took everything in, in me today to do this episode, but I'm glad that we're here. So let's go ahead and cheers. Absolutely. Let's do it. And of course, we're drinking fucking tequila. I mean, listen, w- what else is new? What else is new? You know, when something just works, it fucking works. Yeah. You know? And like I said last week, you ruined me when it comes to tequila because I literally cannot drink anything else but this kind of tequila remind me again what it is because i sometimes forget it's uh don don julio's añejo añejo yeah okay i confuse it with reposado and all those other things so let's get into our topic for today evo and i have decided to talk about six things that we wish we knew before marriage i think that evo and i have been married long enough to reflect upon over a decade plus of things that we have kind of gone through that I think we could sit back and say, shit, I kind of wish maybe somebody would have. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, we also found it important to talk about it because there's a lot of people out there that I, you know, I feel this is my personal opinion that are reluctant to get married nowadays, you know, yeah. just because of the commitment and how expensive things are and how much more people are just focused on themselves and their careers and stuff like that um so i think now's a great time to talk about this because for those people that haven't decided to cross that point um i wish that someone maybe made a show or maybe that i came across some information mm. about things that people were talking about on what what they wish they knew before they got married very interesting Eva. yeah so so you know what on that note get us started what is the first thing that you wish you would have known, Evo, before you got married? Okay, so the first thing that I wish I would have known before we got married is that we the ability and that we could have potentially taken advantage of the first time home buyers program, right? Okay. So, first time home buyers program, there's an FHA, there's a there's a loan called an FHA loan. Mm-hmm. And it basically allows you to put the minimum amount of money down on a loan, which, which is three and a half percent. Typically, people put five. Um, there's a conventional loan that people put twenty percent down. But I mean, if you're really trying to like just like you know, get in there with the minimum down payment, an FHA loan will allow you to get it at three and a half percent down. Okay, so we were first-time home buyers. What is what right. is what do you wish you did different then? So um, or would have known different. Right. So as a married couple, mm-hmm. we can only buy a home under an FHA first-time home buyers one time. Mm-hmm. If we weren't married, we could have put our like our chips together, bought a home under one of our names, mm-hmm. lived there for a while, fixed it up, whatever, and then years later bought a second home. Under the other person's under, yeah, under the other person's name as yeah. a first time home buyer, right? It just works out better for people who are trying to take the route of getting passive income through real estate, which is a great way to set up 
something for the future, something that's going to bring money in, something that's going to allow you to buy your time back so that you don't have to work as hard, right? And, I, and real estate's a great vehicle to do that. Once you buy a home and you married, it's becomes kind of difficult, you know, to kind of get the money up for a down payment on a second home because you can't do the three and a half percent down. You got to come up with now five to 20. Uh, there are some, you know, I'm not 100 percent, but I, I believe there are some other ways to do it. But a really easy way to do it would be to do buy the homes first before we would have gotten married and then get married later. And then purchase another home. Purchase a second home. Yes. And then now we have two homes and then we get married and now we're married with two homes as assets under a married couple. That kind of sounds like a loophole, but let me make sure that that is 100% possible. If we were to have purchased one home, let's say under your name, but previous to us getting married... That would mean that your name solely would go on the loan for the home, correct? Uh, yeah. So then are you saying the second time around, let's say we go to purchase the second home under my name, only my name goes on that loan. Right. Okay, so in essence, we still will both be owning properties because we're going to retain that first property to have passive income. The second property will be the home that we live in. Yeah. That's interesting because if we were to split, we would both still have our own properties. Uh, yes and no. I mean, you know, after you get married, you know, there's ways to change the name on the deeds. You know, you can put both mm-hmm. your names on the property. I mean, you can really um, combine your assets so that it can all be under one. Or, you know, there's a lot. There's, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can do as far as what name the assets go under mm-hmm. that. You know, you're really not locked in stone as far as like how it started. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but it's a great way to start so that when you do get married, you know, you have the ability to have more assets under your name. Once you get married, that's just one less opportunity that you get. Having Getting an FHA loan as a married couple, you only get it once, but it's two people. Yeah. You know, so it's a little unfair that you have two people. Getting an, op- getting an opportunity to do something as one person. Yeah. Whereas if I wasn't married, I would get that opportunity as a first-time homebuyer. Mm-hmm. You know? So I th- I feel like that's a flaw in the program. I, f- I feel like that a married couple, being that they're two people, should be able to each buy a home mm-hmm. as a first-time homebuyer. I feel like that's a right that a- each individual person should have, even if you're married. But it doesn't work like that. So, something I knew, I wish I knew, before we got married mm-hmm. was the ability to possibly take advantage of an opportunity like that. Yeah, for sure. Because I think that when you and I first were considering purchasing a home, we considered buying a multifamily mm-hmm. to have passive income. And uh, I was not going yeah. for that whatsoever because have been a renter. Yeah, we and living in multifamilies and stuff yeah, like that. Our adult life, I was like... The one reason why I want to purchase a home is so that I can get the fuck out of yeah. this situation and not have to live in the same environment as other people. I want to have some more privacy. So that kind of went out the window. And now you and I are currently looking at real estate as a way for us to have passive income for our later years in life. Yeah. If we would have got a leg up on that at this point more than 10 years ago, that probably would have been awesome. So yeah. 
I think it's great that you want to give that advice to other people that are potentially stepping into marriage and ways that they can find ways to have some passive income. Because one thing I will tell you about owning a home, a lot of expenses will occur that you had no idea that were going to come about. And they do. So if you have some other income laying around, or not laying around, but some other income that you can, you know, filter in to your new home, I mean, what's fucking better than that? Yeah. I, I, you know, I think that it really creates a exciting time to get married, right? If you did something prior to getting married that was only going to be a benefit, a benefit was only going to add to the value of the assets that you have as a couple, you're bringing in this valuable thing, which are assets into the marriage, you know, yeah. and you, you've taken this, you've taken steps to set it up so that when you do get married, you know, you're sitting on something that is pretty valuable. You know, yeah. a lot of people, they get married and then they try to build all that as a married couple yeah. when it's unnecessary, you know, marriage is, I mean, listen, marriage, whether it's, whether it's by law or whether it's, you know, like a, informal thing either way i wish i had this information before we did because i definitely would have we would have sat down we would have spoke about it we would have tried to structure something along those lines oh we definitely would have did that. you know what i mean and it would have been something that i would have definitely tried to achieve prior to us getting married just so that we could take advantage of that so some little little gem for y'all out there who haven't gotten married yet i love a phrase that you just said right when you were describing you know owning a home or you said valuable assets that immediately made me think about what i wish i would have known before we got married oh yeah what's that that having great friendship excuse me having great friendships and strong family bonds would be an asset when it comes to having a strong foundation and a happy marriage Oh yeah, how like so? Give me a little like an example. So, when you and I got married, actually before we got married, we went to. I think we've actually told this story once before. We went to the post office to get stamps for our wedding invitation, and the lady at the window was like, "Oh, you guys are getting married! Congratulations! Can I give you some advice?" And I'm not gonna, you know, tell all the advice that she gave, but one of the significant pieces of advice was, you know, keep your problems to yourself. Yeah. And you and I held that advice very dear. We literally went about, I want to say, oh my God, maybe like more than the first five years of our marriage, really concealing our problems and difficulties that we were going through as a couple and even issues that I myself was going through, we kept them from friends and family. Yeah, like, so I guess what you're kind of saying is that um, to give a little bit more detail is like, f- for example, if we were out in public mm-hmm. and something happened where we, maybe I did upset you or you upset me, mm-hmm. we wouldn't, act, we, we wouldn't be able to tell in public. We would wait until we got behind in private to discuss that. And so we always gave this perception that nothing was ever wrong with us. Like that we always with like, were in harmony and in, but in reality, you know, we just settled our, our issues behind closed doors. Yeah. That was part of it, Evo, but it went actually a little bit deeper than that. So, for example, I worked in a place where I had some pretty 
still now to this day friendship uh, close friendships with women in my life and let's say the night before you and I had gotten into an argument and then that morning you and I still weren't speaking I went to work and acted like nothing happened I didn't speak to any about I didn't speak to anybody about anything that we were going through even though deep down inside I kind of really wanted someone yeah. to talk to I really wanted someone's advice but I had this like embedded fear of that if I shared what I thought were our flaws in our marriage, that people would look at us in a negative light. Mm. And I never wanted people to have that perception of us as a married couple because I took such pride in how we portrayed ourselves as a married couple. Right. We were very happy, but every married couple has their issues. Yeah. So, you know, we kept a lot of our issues private and i wish i would have known before we got married how essential it is to have great friends and family around you to share those type of things with because if you have people around you friends and family that are truly loving and caring and supportive of your relationship especially if your relationship is a loving and healthy relationship there's no reason why you should be afraid to share some maybe hard times that you're going through. I have friends now that know us so well that they will literally sit down and have a conversation with me about things that I may be vocalizing to them about an argument that we've gotten into and they will sometimes take things from your side of the argument because they know you so well. Mm -hmm. And these are the type of friends and family that we have around us and for the most part have always had around us and i wish i would have known that i could have trusted them and myself when we got married and i didn't do that and i i mean you only you can only learn from what you know mistakes that you have you know not that you only can learn from mistakes but you learn from the mistakes that you made and that was a mistake that i feel like i made i feel like i could have trusted friends and family earlier on Mm -hmm. because i feel like we do that now and it's such a great feeling to be able to pick up the phone and say hey listen i'm I'm having a really hard time with Evo in this particular area. You know, what do you think about this? What are your thoughts on this? We have such a great circle of friends, some that are single, some that are married, some that are divorced. It it doesn't really matter. They just know that who we are as a couple and they're willing to give us some positive feedback. Mm -hmm. You know, none of my friends or none of my family are turning around and going, yeah, fuck Evo or, you know, fuck Gina. That's not the conversation. And I used to be afraid of that. Funny thing. It sounds like, um, it kind of sounds like you, me, me knowing you, it also sounds like that, that also had a little bit tied in of, um, how you grew up as a child. Oh, 1000%. So when that lady said it to us in the post office, I was like, oh, now you are 100%, you know, verifying my feelings that I should keep my feelings to myself. Yeah. Because I felt like here's this older woman, obviously knows more than us, has had had more experiences. She was married herself. I'm going to take that advice. Yeah. And it was the wrong advice. That's so interesting. That kind of rolls into the next uh, thing that I wish I knew before getting married. I just want to share something, though, quickly that I read at uh, psychcentral.com. 
there was a research that was done that says friendship is one of the characteristics of a happy and lasting marriage as well as the foundation of a healthy marriage. Research has shown that couples that have a great friendship have a higher percentage of overall marital satisfaction. Makes sense. So there is something to that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, I think there's a, there's a there there's a therapeutic aspect behind it. You know, the ability to kind of vent and let these emotions out and not internalize them, internalize them and have them affect you, and kind of like change your character over the years. You know, because issues you know issues will do that when you internalize them. Over. And the crazy thing about that is, is I was afraid of people giving me advice that would change my character. Mm. I was afraid that they were going to give me you know, advice that would make me see you in a different light and come to find out that so many of our friends and family love you and I so dearly that they're, they're so, you know, non one sided when it comes to the advice. They're not just going, Oh, you know, you're my home girl or you're, you're, you're my boy. So I'm only going to look out for you and forget the, you know, the union that you two have together. Mm. So I, um, yeah, I definitely wish I would have known that before. And I will never give anybody the advice of not sharing. Just make sure that who you're sharing it with is someone that is supportive of your marriage and knows that you are in a healthy situation and is not going to ever look down upon that when they're giving you advice. Yeah, don't don't uh, don't confide in the uh, the random person that you're at the bus stop waiting for. <laughs> I mean, you know, one of my favorite movies, Forrest Gump, he does that and he gets some great advice. But yeah, what I will but that's a movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. What I will say is, is that whoever you're sharing your trials and tribulations with yeah. in your marriage, just make sure that you're sharing with someone that is somewhat like invested in your relationship, yeah, yeah. you know, because Forrest Gump, he got lucky, you know, he, he sat on that bench <laughs> for a very long time yes, and he, he killed a lot of time. So, yeah. you know. So tell me, what's the next one that you wish you would have known? Because you said that yeah. what I said kind of sparked something for you. Yeah. So one thing that I wish I would have known before getting married is, to, is it's important. It, it's um, it's more than important. I feel like it's um, it's it's imperative for the relationship that you're about to embark in that one tries to resolve their childhood baggage. Things that they grew up with as a child that may have been traumatic mm. to them. A lot of, you know, and I'm guilty of this myself. And this is an important one for me because after thinking about it, I realized that throughout our relationship, we have got, we have both um, realized that we've acted in certain ways throughout our relationship because of childhood traumas. And, uh, yeah. and thankfully, you know, we were able to recognize those things between each other. Mm-hmm. We were able to be vulnerable enough to talk about these things with each other. And we were able enough, we were able to seek help within each other and work through these things. But that's not the case for a lot of people. And not resolving your childhood trauma and i'm not saying that this is an easy thing to do i'm not saying that people even think about doing this but this is something that i just wish i knew i wish i was sitting in front of something listening to somebody and them talking about how they wish that they dealt with their childhood traumas before they got married because when they got married 
XYZ happened in their marriage that was based on their childhood trauma. It was it was a disruptor in their marriage and it had to be resolved within their marriage because they never resolved it prior to their marriage. I think a conversation like that, if I was a viewer and saw that from an outside perspective, I might take a second thought about looking at myself internally, especially if I'm about to get married. You know, so I hope that someone sees this and they recognize this as an opportunity and know that if you're about to get married or if you're thinking about married or you haven't gotten married, take the time to like really look at your life and try to resolve any internal traumas that you may have because Mm -hmm. they don't go away. I want to build on that a little bit. Yes. And I'm sure you do. And that's the the point thing that I want to point out is that they don't go away. Yeah. And it is something that will drive a wedge between two people, especially two people that their communication skills are not really that great. Mm-hmm. You know, so what is it that you wanted to say on that? Because well, I what I wanted to add to what you're saying is because you keep using the word resolve, and I don't know for certain that someone can fully resolve traumatic experiences and the feelings that they are holding from those traumatic experiences, but they can, and I'm going to speak from experience. They can work on healing themselves. They may not be able to fully heal, but it could be a journey that they take, a process that they go through. Uh, that is, it's interesting that you said that resolving childhood baggage or trauma is a, you you now look back and realize how important it is. And you said imperative. Actually, I have seeking therapy for your past traumas as one of the things that I wish I would have known before I got married. I think what you and I are saying are the same but different. Yeah. I grew up not ever thinking that therapy was really an option only because I came from a culture and a family where nobody did that. Right. Nobody went and got help for the problems that they had. No. The only time that... That was a sign of weakness. Yeah. The only time that uh, my parents went through any type of therapy is when they were... Uh, forced to by the court because I was taken away by child services. But to say that they actually sought that help out for the issues that they were experiencing in their life that were then traumatizing me as a child, absolutely not. So I grew up just thinking, I'm just going to have to deal with these problems and these issues on my own. And you said something so, so valuable, which is if you don't look to seek help to possibly resolve or heal from these things, they're going to resurface. Mm-hmm. And they they could do more than drive a wedge in your marriage. They can destroy your marriage. Yeah, I, again, speak from experience where we had a situation. Once I left my full-time job uh, back in 2016, I started to find myself very dependent on you for my joy in my life. You became like my everything where if... We couldn't spend time together. We couldn't do things together. I started to find myself sad when you weren't around. And that was very unlike me. So it triggered something in me. It did 
something that I never expected. And this was because I had a trauma in my life. I had watched my mother grow up, be very dependent on my father for everything, for financial, for her, for her livelihood, for her experiences while they were together. And I remember saying to myself, because they had a very toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to myself, man, I will never be like that with a man. And when I started to see myself doing what I thought I thought I saw my mother doing, I like immediately pressed the eject Child, button. Childhood trauma resurfaced. Yeah, and it, and did I ever think that that was gonna happen? Because I thought that I was doing a really good job keeping those feelings at bay, right? Mm. I was I was living life, but I've said this before. I was surviving. I wasn't living. I was just chugging along. Yeah. And when I had time to slow down a little bit after I left work. This is what happened. So, man, I wish someone would have said, hey, listen, you're going to about to get married. You're about to join in a partnership with Eva for the rest of your life. You know, I know you as Gina. And I know that you've gone through some things in your life. Have you ever spoken to somebody about some of the things that you've gone through? If someone would have said that to me, I probably would have been like, no, what the hell are you talking about? I don't do that. And then they maybe could have given me advice if that's something that they have gone through. Yeah. So that's something that I want to share with our listeners and people who watch us. If you have any traumatic experiences in your life prior to you entering into a committed relationship or a marriage, please seek help. Please seek therapy because if you think that you're keeping those traumatic experiences and the feelings that you have from them at bay... Trust and believe that one day they're going to fucking implode on you. And so, you know, I want to touch on something that you just said where sure. you you mentioned that at, in that moment when you were home, you were surviving. You weren't living. Prior, and, to, prior to being home. Prior to being home. Yeah. And so these traumatic emotions started to su surface. And fortunately you know, we were able to work through it. Yeah. Uh, hello, we went to therapy. Yeah. And so now that we work, <laughs> now that now that we've worked through it, would you say that you're living versus surviving? Oh, what the fuck? I feel like I opened a whole new chapter in my yeah. life. So I just wanted to bring that up. So that, I buried that Gina a long time ago. Well, not a, not a very long time ago, but I buried that Gina. And so this is why I feel like bringing this up was important because I want people to understand that not everybody is able to work it out. So if you are a person that has not yet been in, in a situation where you're, you're, you're married or you're going to get married, this is why it is so important. Because if you are, if you're mature enough to be able to take a look with inside of yourself and try to pick at traumas that you may have had as a child and or or at any point in your life and mm -hmm. resolve them so that moving forward they don't come back and interrupt something that you that you've tried to build in your life you will be living a lot sooner than you thought you may you were able to live and you may be just surviving and not even realizing it i felt like i was living my life on now that I reflect back, I felt like I was living my life on autopilot. Right. And so you're listening to someone, to our viewers and, 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 and listeners, you're listening to someone speak in hindsight. 
Yeah. And there's value in that. There's a lot of value in that. And just know that it could happen to you. You would have never, you, like, you just mentioned it. You thought to yourself that in that situation, when you saw your parents and you saw the situation between your mother and your father, that it would never be you. And it, it is exactly what ended up happening to you. So if you, any of you guys and gals think that it can't be you, let this be a prime example of how it can be and how resolving it, trying to at least making an attempt, working on it, doing something, open, open the box, scratch the surface. Yeah. You know what I mean? Take a smell, you know, like do a scratch and sniff of your issues and recognize what that, what that trauma smells like, identify yeah. it and try, at least try to get through it because it can only, in my personal opinion, benefit you in the long run. Yeah, because ignoring it will do the complete opposite. Yes. Because that's what I was doing. And I it, was just ignoring it. And, you know, and, and not to take away from what you're saying about yourself, but I had my own issues, too, in our relationship oh, that yeah. I brought, you know, that I didn't deal with as a child. You know, and my thing was, you know, uh, being short fused, you know, and not really knowing how to um, manage my, you know, my anger and my, you know, and how to like you to me, I, and I still say this to you know, like you taught me so much on how to like you. I felt like that you learned how to do that at such an early point in your life. Yeah, you and know? that was part of my trauma, which is really funny. Yeah, I mean, it's not funny, so. but um, I learned how to manage my feelings at a very young age because I was going through very traumatic experiences, and I needed the world not to know what I was going through. Yeah. So, that touching back on, you know, why it was that in 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 the beginning of our marriage. Like you were so with it, like not discussing any of our issues with any of your friends because that's how you grew up. Oh yeah. Yeah. All of the all of the problems at home, you locked that shit in a box and you walked outside like that shit didn't exist and everything was hunky dory. You know, you walked outside your house like Mr. Rogers in the morning. Meanwhile, you know, you was living with baby's kids in your house. You know, kind of that situation. Yeah. So you know, I hope that people understand how important it is because it it really is. And I, you know, we're like we're literally dropping gems right now. You know, like yeah. I don't. I can't express how valuable this stuff is. So I'm going to move on to my next one because I think this kind of goes hand in hand with what I was going to say mm -hmm. uh, because you shared yours. And actually, you know what? Since I shared, I kind of piggybacked off what you were saying because that's what I, I, I literally was saying that, um, you know, healing your trauma was something I wish I knew before I got married. Yeah. So I kind of, I already kind of shared my portion okay so you want so, to go yeah. on to my next one sure. so go on to your next one then i'll share mine so the next one that i have is like the most okay i want to rephrase this the next one that i have has to be the top reason the top thing i wish i knew hmm. before i got married out of the ones that i just mentioned and that is communication is the key to everything. And I know like... It sounds very cliche. It sounds very cliche, right? But for people who don't know how to communicate, it's it's literally the key to the success of their relationship. So it may sound cliche to people who do know how to communicate, but if you think about it, communication is the key to sex, right? As long as you are open... And honest about the person that you're with, that communication between you two will determine the, the success of your sexual relationship. Mm. Communication is the key to arguments. Being able to sit down and 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 really talk about the issues at hand 
are is is like the only way that arguments are resolved between couples. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would like to think so. Maybe people do they, they argue, and then there actually are couples that argue, and it's very unhealthy, and they just argue to no resolution, and they just kind of like brush it under the carpet and just move on. Yeah, I used to be like that in some of my relationships. Mm-hmm. Very bad, very bad. But um, commu- communication is the key to compromise. I mean, how do you compromise? in a relationship which is something that you will do often time and time again i just want any any of y'all to know that if you are hoping that you have any chance in a, in longevity in, in a marriage you might as well just put compromise up there with like one of the top things that you're going to be doing on a regular basis uh yeah right that was really hard for me right but and so commu- i'm a compromising motherfucker right, right? now though <laughs> and so communication is the key to being able to do that Along with that, um, communication allows for growth and deeper connections. It builds trust. You know, it builds respect. It helps you understand your partner so that they understand you. Yeah. And, you know, I looked up a little bit of research on, like, how important communication is. And I found uh, on a website called uh, divorcelaws.com. Right. According to a recent study by the American Academy of Marital Lawyers, communication problems were the number one reason for divorce in the United States. The study states that about 67.5% of all marriages failed because of breakdown in communications. The reasons for lack of communication include arguing, the inability to understand one another's spouse, or total lack of communication. And so... This obviously has a bunch of subcategories, right? So if you're not communicating about financial situation, if you're not communicating about um, responsibilities, responsibilities in the home. home, if you're not communicating about your intentions, if you're not communicating about um, your feelings, you know, like these all break down into different things as to why people separate. But the basis of it is lack of communication, um, which kind of like brings us brings me all the way back to the day that we were at the post office where the lady one of the things that she advised us to do was to always keep talking yeah talk and talk and talk and when you don't want to talk talk some more (laughs) that she was you know what i mean and so i feel like she was like don't talk to nobody else but but talk your spouse to death talk to each other (laughs) talk until you cannot talk no more and when you don't want to talk no more figure out a way to talk some more yeah and i feel like that because we've made such a strong effort to always communicate and 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 resolve our our you know our issues it's that's like been like the key or a very strong part of what i like to call the success of our relationship yeah i think that it's it's interesting in the beginning of our relationship i would say that communication was a little bit harder for you i felt like it was more simplistic for me yeah and now sometimes communication is a little bit harder for me and a little bit easier for you and that leads me into what i'm gonna say what i wish i knew before we got married and this is the last thing that i have to share which is growth over time will change your dynamic and to not be afraid of it Mm. Mm-hmm. that's a good one i literally watched us turn into different people over the years yeah 
And it sometimes was a little bit scary because we flipped almost 180. Where in the beginning of the relationship, I would say that I was the better communicator. I was the one that was less volatile. Um, I really had my feelings in check. And, you know, later down the road, I'm a little bit more volatile. I'm not that great at communicating. Um, I really don't have my feelings in check all the time. And this is because I'm, you know, in the last, you know, five to seven years, I've dealt with traumas. I've dealt with things that I went through when I was younger. So when we were growing in the beginning of our relationship, I felt like I was succeeding because I was keeping those things at bay. So now I'm experiencing growth with you while simultaneously working on me at the same time. So I think that you, you know, once once we reach the point, right? So throughout our relationship, I realized that the way that you handled your feelings and the way that you managed and navigated through a lot of our arguments was super valuable mm -hmm. to the resolutions that um, at that point came that the resolutions that we've that we came to and i realized I, I identified that like i need to be able to bring that to the table as well yeah. and so i added that to kind of like the way that i came about you know some of our discussions and so i feel like at some point you do you didn't need to like enforce that anymore yeah so then it was like almost like at that point now, now what do you do and so you know girls sometimes can feel really uncomfortable yeah. and because i felt at times very uncomfortable i was beating myself up about it because i would think and reflect upon who i was and say things to myself like i used to be really good at this how come I'm not doing well at this anymore? And I would beat myself up about it. But I, we were still growing as a couple. Yeah. We were still evolving. We were still moving forward. But I was holding on to things that I felt like I was really good at before. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't do that anymore. I had this like lack of perception of what our relationship needed to be. Yeah. Um. I think sometimes couples will go into their relationship, they'll go into their marriage and it'll be really blissful mm -hmm. in the beginning and then things will change Yeah, and they will grow and they may grow in opposite directions and it creates this like level of fear mm -hmm. Sure, because you're like, what is happening? So I read something that I thought was really interesting that I wanted to share and it's from an article that I read in Business Insider and it says... Those who enter into marriage with unrealistic expectations or with false or with false impressions of what marriage will be like, the risk of divorce is particularly high. Perhaps this explains why divorce rates are are the highest amongst those who get married when they are still very young. One study notes that nine percent of 30 year olds have already ended one marriage. You go into marriage wow. with this like false perception of what it's going to be like. You yeah. expect that you have these expectations and in reality, it's not going to be anything like that. But if you're willing to grow with your partner, even though that growth may feel so uncomfortable, just think about it. What's that term? Growing pains. Yeah. Like literally, I remember my boys at one time when they were younger, there were times where they were like, God, my fucking legs hurt. And it was just because they were literally growing and it was painful for yeah. them. 
but it wasn't a bad thing. And I think sometimes that's the way that I looked at things that we were going through. So listening to you speak, I just wanted to point out, right, that it like when you're when you're with someone, Mm -hmm. if you're not communicating with them on a regular basis, things that people do as they grow are going to happen, which is they change, they grow, they become different people. So if you have a couple that were together at one point and they were each their own individuals throughout time, they're going to change. And if they're not communicating throughout that time regularly, Mm -hmm. they're not going to be able to recognize each other's change. So two people that communicate a lot, such as ourselves, when those moments came that we started to change as people. Yeah, that we were shifting. We were able to recognize those changes almost immediately. And then we were able to kind of sit down and talk to each other about things that are like not. That are not right. That are not right. And I wouldn't say they weren't right, mm-hmm. but things that are different. Yeah. Something's changing. Something's different. And we're able to sit down and, and have an open conversation about it and then understand each other. On what's going on, why is this change happening, mm-hmm. and in most and always, and I want to say in ninety nine percent of the time, embrace those changes. I and will so, say though, I'm sorry to interrupt. I will say though, it's not always as perfect as it sounds. No, because it, you're like, oh, you know, we go through these changes and we talk about it. Uh, no. It just doesn't happen in one conversation. No. There's been times where Ero and I will have to sit down and have several conversations. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's nothing more uncomfortable, and I'm speaking for myself, right? There's nothing more uncomfortable than falling in love with somebody, getting to know them, feeling like you know everything about them, and then in a couple of years, that person starts to change on you. Yeah. And it's like, what the... No, like, and you, like hey, I know many people have heard this before. You're not the person I married. You're not the person I fell in love with, right? But if you're constantly, and I'm speaking for myself, right? And I feel like I'm saying this because this is what makes sense to me. If you're constantly communicating with your partner, you know that people change. So when you're able to recognize that your partner is changing, it is time to now understand what this change is about. Where did it come from? Where did it come from? Understand it and understand that this is part of your partner's growth. Mm -hmm. And it is your job to learn to love that growth that has come out of your partner and now add that to the person that you fell in love with and understand that person as they grow and love them as they grow. But the communication is where it starts. Mm -hmm. Now, going back to what you were saying, where... The statistic that you read off where a certain percentages of divorces are, are created by people in what age group? 30. 30, right? 9% of all people, 9% of 30-year-olds have already ended one marriage. 9% of 30-year-olds. That's almost one, 10%. Right? right? And, and I want to touch on the fact that you said that people get married with this false perception of what marriage is supposed to be like. I want to say that for me... Marriage is the beginning of assembling a team, right? So when 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 you assemble a team, you go you assemble a team to go competing something and obvious and at some point like win that competition, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like 
marriage and the competition of marriage is the longevity, like the happily ever after, like the long term goal, right? People get married and they want to, most people want to like do that happily ever after. Mm -hmm. So when you marry someone, understand you have just formed a team that is your teammate. Mm -hmm. Now it's time to go win the championship. You got work to do. Okay. This false pretense about we're married now and it's just all supposed to be hunky-dory. That's not how championships get won. Yeah. Okay? That shit is grueling. It's practice. Yeah. It's work. Okay. It is team effort all day, every day. Practice, practice, practice is what makes champions. So when you have two people that just got married, just understand that you have to work and show up and practice on being a team so that y'all can get to that angle. And I, when you said that, like, I just feel like that there was a huge lack of that. Because I think that when two people get together that really like each other and have this strong effort to say that, okay, this is not all on you. It's not all on me. We are we doing this shit together. Mm -hmm. So I need to know you in and out. You need to know me in and out. And we need to keep this communication going for as long as we fucking can so that we never, ever allow each other to slip. You know, when if I see you acting funny, oh, hey, come here for a second. Something ain't right about you. We need to talk about this, you know? But the communication is going to help me understand that for a moment, you're off. Yeah. You know, if you're not communicating with your partner, if your partner's off, you're not going to know. It's going to go right by you. Yeah. So that's how important it is. And it's so fucking cliche, but it is really like the foundation of fucking everything. Yeah, we actually talked about it in another episode, how valuable communication is and understanding how your partner likes to be communicated to and how your partner communicates. You may want to look into that because yeah. there are different styles of communication. And that's really going to be beneficial to you when you're trying to communicate to your partner. Because you could talk to them to their blue in the face, but if you're not communicating the like the way they the way they need to be spoken to, they're not going to really hear you. Right. Um, but I really appreciate you adding on to that, Evo. But that actually brings us to the end of the episode, and I feel like you ended that so passionately. It's just a great way to bring it to the end. Strong. Strong. Shit got muscles. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about muscles, bro. Oh, uh, yeah. She's been getting a workout. Right. Man. I'm getting a workout. I was looking at my arms hey. and, and the camera. I was like, okay, <laughs> what's going on over there? Uh, I've been watching Ted Lasso and there's a character in Ted Lasso that she has completely inspired me. And if you haven't seen it, go and watch it. Apple TV is fucking Great fabulous. Show. Great show. Great show. I jumped in on episode six and I was hooked <laughs> on episode from then on. Like I didn't even need to go back and watch the, the first six episodes. It was yeah, really that good. It was so. really that good. So uh, as always, Evil, this is a pleasure talking to you. I'm Likewise. so glad that I pulled myself fucking together today and you got us to do this. together. Um, so if you enjoy listening to Evo and I or watching us, however you consume our content, we would love if you would like, subscribe, share, do all that wonderful shit that will help us continue to grow. Do you want to grow with us in a relationship yeah. or not? Nah, right. Uh, but until next Friday, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have for you. So peace out. Peace out.